Hey, good evening everyone. Welcome to Ask a Catholic Dude here on Anchor FM. I am that Catholic Dude. My name is Nick. Thanks for tuning in everyone on this day, November 21st. Uh, some of you might be seeing this a little bit on November 22nd on your calendar, but from where I'm at right now, it is still November 21st. Uh, and I say that because today uh, we are actually celebrating a... Uh, a very important feast uh, in the life of the church, um, the presentation of the Blessed Virgin Mary, uh, celebrated every year on November 21st. Um, and you might have maybe been thinking, hey, maybe this episode's about Mary because of the, the song that you heard uh, leading into the show today. Uh, that's uh, from Weezer's new album, uh, Pacific Daydream. Uh, the song is called Sweet Mary. And yeah, I am a, a Weezer fan. Uh, and while I don't particularly like the new album, that song uh, really actually kind of resonated with me. Um, and I'm pretty sure that Rivers Cuomo was not singing about Our Lady <laughs> in that song because he's kind of uh, uh, not not Christian exactly. Uh, but a lot of the lyrics in that song really make me, me think of Our Lady. Um, you know, like when I'm all on my own, you know. I don't know what to do. My sweet Mary comes, you know, help me to find my way. Um, and that's what Mary really is uh, for us as Christians. And that goes for all Christians, not just Catholics and Orthodox or Episcopalians and Lutherans. Um, that, that goes for um, all Christians. And that's the point of the show. Uh, you know, any questions you might have on the faith, on the Catholic faith, church, tradition, scripture, uh, anything having to do with uh, Catholicism, please feel free to give a call, ask questions, comments, concerns, whatever may have you. Uh, but yeah, getting back to uh, kind of today's uh, topic, I suppose, um, the Feast of uh, the Presentation of the Blessed Virgin Mary, or as it's known in the Eastern churches, and the Eastern Catholic and uh, Orthodox churches, the entry of the Most Holy Theotokos into the Temple. Um and you know what? It's 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 a feast day that I think it's glossed over a lot uh, by Catholics and maybe even some Orthodox Christians. Um, but I want to shed more light on it for both Catholics and uh, non-Catholic Christians alike, Protestants uh, especially, um, because this feast day today really helps us uh, delve into. How Mary is a a model for us all. Um, this is why Catholics and Orthodox uh, venerate the Blessed Virgin Mary often. It's you know put all those old myths, those old tired stories away about Catholics worshiping Mary. It's 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 totally false. Um, Mary's a creature. And we would never, ever worship a creature. Um, the only person, or the I should say, um, the only persons, if we're talking about the Holy Trinity, uh, who get that kind of devotion, who, who are adored with Latria, um, that is the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, God. So what about Mary, though? You know, what about our, our sweet Mary? Um... She is a model to us because of that yes that she gave to the Archangel Gabriel in, uh, in, in the Gospels. And 
what the presentation of the Blessed Virgin Mary does is it, it kind of turns back the clock. It turns back the clock so that we can see that Mary's entire life, not just, not just beginning with that, yes, but her entire life was a preparation for that moment when she would accept God's will. Um, and she accepted God's will beforehand. This, this, the, now, the story of the presentation of the Blessed Virgin Mary, um, you won't find it in Scripture. Uh, it, actually, the main part of the story comes from an apocryphal book uh, known as the uh, Proto-Evangelium of James. Uh, not by any Apostle James, but it's an actual apocryphal book. It's not like Tobit or uh, or Syrac, which are actual books of Scripture. This is an actual apocryphal book, which is not inspired by the Holy Spirit. But it does give us insight onto what early Christians believed. So this feast of the presentation of the Blessed Virgin Mary, uh, it, it goes back quite a bit um, in early Christian history. It was first really celebrated on a major level in the Eastern world uh, around the 6th century, but um, the tradition that, the sacred tradition that the Virgin Mary had entered into the temple had been confirmed as far back as uh, the 4th century by St. Gregory of Nyssa. So we know that the feast had been celebrated at least since that long. Um, it's something that's attested to by, by several church fathers uh, around that same time and afterwards. Uh, St. John of Damascus uh, in the 8th century uh, describes the, uh, the feast quite well. Um, as sacred tradition goes, uh, primarily from the Proto-Evangelium of James, uh, when Mary was a small child, she was brought by her parents, uh, St. Joachim, who was a temple priest, and St. Anne to the temple um, as an offering to God. Um, you know, she grew up in the house of God, basically, because that's that's what the temple was. She was there as a, a consecrated virgin. And there is biblical evidence, too, that there were many women that, you know, were, weren't just sitting around the temple just, you know, listening to, to gossip or, you know, kind of like how certain women were at, at pagan temples. They actually had uh, a role and they they ministered to, uh, you know, the people in the temple. Um, we see this in scripture at three points. First in uh, Exodus 38 chapter or chapter 38 verse 8 uh, where it mentions women who watch at the door of the tabernacle uh, the second is in first uh, Samuel uh, chapter 2 verse 22 uh, talking about how the women that waited at the door of the tabernacle uh, were, were usually there they watched and waited uh, and then finally uh, we go to second Maccabees uh, chapter 3 verses 19 through 20 which reads and the virgins also that were shut up came forth some to the high priest, Onias, and some to the walls, and others looked out of the windows, and all holding up their hands towards heaven made supplication. So these these uh, these virgins, these temple virgins, kind of fill, formed like a, an altar guild, so to speak, uh, in the words of uh, Dr. Taylor Marshall. Uh, you can look up his article, uh, just Google, Did Jewish Temple Virgins Exist and Was Mary a Temple Virgin? So just pretty much type in, Did Jewish Temple Virgins Exist? Taylor Marshall, um, you'll you'll see that on Google, and so you know these women that were there, they uh, 
they created vestments, they washed the vestments of the priest, you know, if it was stained by the animal blood, um, you know, they would weave the veil in the temple, um, but they would also engage in prayer, uh, liturgical prayer, much as, you know, similar as what goes on today in Judaism and what goes on today in uh, the church, such as with matins or lauds or vespers. Um, Josephus, I uh, hope I'm saying his name right, the, the Jewish historian from the first century, uh, mentions that there were cloisters of women around the Jewish temple, um, but it doesn't get into as much detail as uh, scripture and sacred tradition does. So Mary uh, was one of these virgins who was brought up uh, by her parents, as I said, by St. Joachim and St. Anne, and they and while she was there, she consecrated herself to our Lord. She was a virgin through and through, and so this is, you know, one of the first beliefs that all Christians held of Our Lady, um, that she was ever virgin, um, not just virgin, not just a virgin uh, as she gave birth to our Lord Jesus, uh, but a virgin throughout her entire life due to the vow that she had made. We see in this story, uh, this story, this tr- traditional story told in the Protovangelum, that uh, Mary was welcomed by uh, Zechariah, as you remember, the father of Saint John the Baptist, and he quoted. Uh, Psalm 45, verses 11 and 12, when Mary came to the temple, he said, Hear, O daughter, and see, turn your ear to me. Forget your people in your father's house, for the king has desired your beauty. He is your Lord, and you must worship him. So from the very beginning, we see that you know Mary has even fulfilled uh, a prophecy. You know, read a little bit further into uh, Psalm 45. You know, specifically 15 uh, verses 15 and 16, and we can even delve a little bit more into Scripture regarding this. So a couple hours ago, my family and I got back from church. We went to uh, we went to go worship our Lord today on this feast of the presentation of the Blessed Virgin Mary. Um, we went to the nearby Byzantine Catholic Church again, and for a specific reason, because they in the East we seem to see more of an emphasis on this feast because it is one of the twelve great feasts of the year. Uh, not including Easter. Easter is, you know, the feast par excellence. Um, you know, and every Sunday is basically a little Easter as well. Um, so these are 12 specific other feasts, um, and this is one of them. So we were able to go tonight, and it was nice, you know, worshiping with everybody. You know, we were commemorating the sacrifice as we do every time we gather for Mass um, of our Lord on the cross. So it was really great, though, to listen to the scripture readings that were appointed for today because they, they all, you know, that's, that's the beautiful thing about the liturgy um, of the Catholic Church and for the Orthodox Church as well because, the, you know, the uh, Eastern Orthodox have the same lectionary every day as do the, um, the, the Byzantine Catholics. So it was really great to hear um, things kind of expounded on regarding this this feast of our lady uh, which is so so well recorded in tradition um you know we, we have to admit that this is something that that cannot be known uh to history it cannot be uh historically 
uh, verified this this story of of uh, Our Lady walking up to the temple um, of her own free will um, after she was you know commissioned so to speak or asked to by her parents Saint Joachim and Saint Anne. But that's why the church always rests on those three pillars: scripture, sacred scripture, sacred tradition, and the teaching authority, the magisterium of the church. Um, so it was great, though, to see that all three of those things are intertwined. So scripture is tied into the tradition. And it was really sad for me when I found out that in the uh, the new lectionary for the uh, for the the Latin rite, the, the Roman Catholic Church, um, the, the readings aren't really specialized for the feast. It kind of just goes throughout the year. So it's it's continuing on today in uh, in Second Maccabees and as it did yesterday and as it will tomorrow. Uh, but in the uh, the old lectionary, you know, that's still using the extraordinary form, and in the lectionary for the Byzantine rite of the Catholic Church, the appointed readings uh, come from in the Gospel come from the Gospel of Luke, uh, specifically chapter eleven. And I just want to you know turn our attentions first to um, the last couple of verses there, um, verses twenty seven and twenty eight. It reads, "At that time, as Jesus was speaking to the multitudes, a certain woman from the crowd lifted up her voice and said to him, "Blessed is the womb that bore you." And the breasts that nursed you. But he said, Rather, blessed are they who hear the word of God and keep it. Now, a lot of uh, Protestants will use this to prove, oh, well, you know, all this this veneration you give to Mary, it's undue. You know, why should why should we say, Blessed is this woman? And we have to really look closely at what Jesus says, and this really talks to the feast of the presentation of Our Lady because, of course, she said yes during the Annunciation, but she said yes before that when she became a vessel of uh, of our Lord because that's what she is. She is the vessel of honor. She is the Ark of the Covenant. Um, she is the new Eve. So when Jesus says, you know, rather, blessed are they who hear the word of God and keep it as opposed to, you know, the womb that bore you, he's saying that, well, hold on, Mary isn't great just because she gave birth to me. My mother is great because she heard the word of God and kept it. She did it. Mary is the model par excellence for that. So it's not that we say, oh, blessed are you for giving birth to our Lord. Yes, it, it, it's, it, it's so great that she gave birth to our Lord, but it's only, she only gave birth to our Lord because she said yes, that's why our Lord Jesus wants us to venerate her so. That's why we ask her to pray to our Lord because we know that he will listen to what she asks just as she listened to what he asked. Now let's look and see what the first reading said as well. So the first reading on this feast day uh, traditionally comes from the book of Syrac or Ecclesiasticus. Uh, chapters 24 or chapter 24 verses 14 through 16 um, and it's really a uh, it, it prophesies uh, how the Blessed Virgin Mary would you know live in Jerusalem and would dwell within the the temple itself um, the the verses read before all ages in the beginning he created me and through all ages I shall not cease to be 
In the holy tent I ministered before him, and in Zion I fixed my abode. Thus in the chosen city he has given me rest, in Jerusalem is my domain. I have struck root among the glorious people in the portion of my God. His heritage and my abode is in the full assembly of saints. So we see these words um, pretty much spoken by Mary today in the uh, in the liturgy. And it, it, it pretty much shows here that early Christians, you know, this is a tradition that's been passed down throughout the years. Um, we can we can trace this back very far back as i said to at least at least the fourth century so we know that if the first recorded thing was in the fourth century the tradition is much older than that um so the church has always taught that mary had ministered before god in zion in the holy city that is in jerusalem again uh check out dr taylor marshall's site uh google um just simply google um, was Mary a temple virgin, Taylor Marshall, or the true presentation of the Virgin Mary, uh, Taylor Marshall? And you'll, you'll see these uh, these excellent articles kind of going into a little bit more in depth. Um, and it was great, you know, to be at church today, to, you know, to worship with my brothers and sisters in Christ as we, uh, you know, as we joined our prayers uh, with Mary to our Lord. Um, there's this beautiful hymn. Uh, that we were able to sing a couple of beautiful hymns. You know, Byzantines have, have some great hymns. I got to tell you, if you haven't gotten to go to a Byzantine Divine Liturgy, you got to go. Um, <laughs> one of these hymns that we sang today uh, went like this. Um, really beautiful. Today is the prelude of God's benevolence and the herald of our salvation. For the Virgin openly appears in the temple of God and foretells Christ to all. Let us also with full voice exclaim to her, Rejoice, fulfillment of the Creator's plan. Notice how the hymn says that today is a prelude of God's benevolence because this is a prelude to the Annunciation, to the uh, conception of Christ. Um, in, in the next hymn, uh, saying, The most pure temple of the Savior, the most precious bridal chamber and virgin the treasury of the glory of god is led today into the house of the lord bringing grace in the spirit of god god's angels praise her in song she is the heavenly ark and look at all these titles that are given to our lady here she's the most pure temple of the savior because remember in the holy of holies this is where god was to have resided um in the temple and now in mary's body in her womb god resided um this is why she can also rightfully be called the heavenly ark the ark of the covenant um she is the bridal chamber and it's it's just amazing that it, it shows that the liturgy the sacred and divine liturgy is a catechetical tool it's a tool that teaches us more about um the history of salvation and how mary is is forever linked to it um, and she serves as a, a most powerful intercessor uh, that, that we should never forget. I'll leave you guys with this. It's from the Archeparchy of Pittsburgh's website. Um, and it asks, what is the spiritual meaning of this feast of the presentation of Our Lady of the entrance of the Theotokos? Before all, it tells us about the readiness and cheerful disposition of Mary's parents, Saints Joachim and Anne, with which they offered their little daughter to the service of God. But not only did the pious parents offer their child to God with gladness, but the child also willingly obeyed them, being convinced 
that such was the will of God. Mary was encouraged with the words, Go, my child, go to him who gave you to me, and become an offering to him as a sweet-smelling sacrifice. It's it's comforting to me to know that Our Lady is always going to be there for me, you know, through thick and thin. And I think this feast is an excellent day to reflect on that and to remember that she truly is the help of all Christians. Until next time, everybody.